this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guest this week in the studio, Tamara Lowenthal, the Executive Director of the Lotus Education and Arts Foundation. Tamara, thanks. Thanks for having me, Michael. Well, in about uh, 10 days or so, mm-hmm. Lotus Fest. Which one? Number 26. 26, 1994, right? Right. Well, let me tell you an interesting story, Tamara. Okay. I knew nothing about Bloomington. When I came here, the first night I came here, it was a Saturday night in September 2009. Let's drive around the city and look at this place. I see a a courthouse square looming on the horizon. Could barely get through. What's going on? Well, everything was blocked off, tents and so forth. Well, I found out it was for Lotus Fest that year. And I learned what Lotus Fest was. There's signage, of course, mm-hmm. all around. A world music festival, a music and arts that festival. That was your first night in Bloomington? That was my first night in Bloomington. Wow. And I said, wow, Bloomington must be a pretty cool town. I'm glad that was your first impression. Yeah, it was a rainy night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it was a rainy Lotus. It was a rainy <laughs> Lotus. Mm-hmm. And people were still walking around. They were enjoying themselves. So... Bloomington and Lotus joined at the hip. That's the way I feel. That's the way I think about it. Yes. So it's coming up. Let me give you. Let me give a little bit of a detail here. Starts Thursday, September twenty-sixth, with a kickoff concert at the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater. Now you're going to correct me if I'm wrong. There mm-hmm. is a a gamelan orchestra called Kudamani. It's Sudamani. Sudamani. They're from Bali. They're from Bali. Now, you get acts from all over the world. How do you get them? How do we get them? Well, we work with a consortium of other presenters in the Midwest. Not only the Midwest. In fact, we work with one in Albuquerque. But that consortium goes to conferences, world music conferences, to look for bands who are touring because they have to be touring already. It's really hard to bring somebody over that's fantastic for just one festival for one act. Mm -hmm. But if you can work with other presenters to bring an act over, then you can help them get visas, and you can help them get enough work that they won't have their withholding. So that's how we do it. You're saying you help them with visa and all the State Department stuff? Well, we personally don't do that anymore. We Ah. did do that. No kidding. We did do that in the early thousands late 1900s, because we were one of the first world music festivals to start. Many people looked to Lotus as one of the early examples of a true world music festival. You mean one of the first in the nation? One of the first in the nation. And so a lot of people think of us as the granddaddy (laughs) or the grandmama. That's you now. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um, Of this world music. Um, There were a couple of others, but we were one of the first. And for that reason, Lee Williams, back when he was starting this organization, he did have to uh, uh, write for visas, apply for visas. Now, I will tell you that the process in the 90s was easier than the process in the late uh, 2010s. As we know, after Mm -hmm. 2001, yes. Yeah. That show, these Balinese people. Yes. There are dancers involved. There are dancers. In fact, it's, I I think of it as a theater performance, not just a musical performance. So Often we have a musical band or two bands that divide the concert at the BCT. But with Sudamani, we're getting one amazing group of 
dancers, musicians, there's a really strong visual aspect to the way the dancers are dressed yeah. in, in the costuming and the choreography is really amazing. So I think it's going to be a really powerful opening concert. Okay. But it's not the only thing happening on Thursday night. There's another thing right <laughs> after that, right? What is it? It is Lotus in the Meadow. It's a, yes. It's a collaboration with the IMU. First, first time we have this collaboration going, so we're really excited about it. So it's with a group called 47 Soul. Uh-huh. They're a Jordanian-Palestinian band, and they play a, this kind of electronic music called Sham Step, which is becoming very popular, very dancey. Yeah. And you know where that's going to be? Where? In Dunmeadow. So that means it's free. It, it will be free. The uh, uh, Sudamani show is not free. It's, it's at the Buzz, Buzz mm-hmm. Kurt Chumley Theater. Anybody interested in going to this thing, go to Lotus org. Very simple. Right. Tickets Get are the actually, whole schedule. I will say tickets are for sale at the BCT box office. Uh-huh. That is true. But to find out the whole layout of the weekend, it's good to go to, the, to our website. Well, that's because 27 separate acts at 12 different venues, mostly around and in downtown Bloomington. That's true. And and one way to think about the acts is, or or the venues is, it's not just the the downtown venues during the the heavy Friday Saturday nights. We have the concert, of course, BCT uh, Thursday night. We have Dun Meadow. We have Lotus in the Park, which uh-huh. is also free programming for families, but actually for everybody. It's for everybody, but it's particularly family friendly. We have a collaboration with Far Far Center for Contemporary Arts. Not far from your new Not headquarters, far from us, which fact, we'll talk about. Right, um, You know, FAR stands for Fourth and Rogers, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, we have Frontera Boogaloo doing a workshop, a lecture demo there at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning of the weekend. Um, it's free. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Are you going to sleep at all over those four days? Well, I'm not sleeping now, so why would I sleep then? <laughs> <laughs> okay, again, it's uh, Thursday, September 26th through Sunday, September 29th. Tomorrow, 12 venues around the downtown area and right in downtown. What are they? That's true. So we have, of course, the BCT, the Buscar Chumley Theater. Right. We have Far Center doing the Frontera Boogaloo right. uh, workshop. We have Third Street Park, Lotus in the Park, which does the ah. free programming. We have Monroe County Public Library. Huh. They're doing a workshop from 1 to 3 p.m. on Sunday with Sophia uh, Viola and Det Garcia. Wow. Yeah, it's a songwriting workshop, so that'll be really fun. We have Lotus in the Meadow, which is Dun Meadow. Right. Then we've got First Christian Church, yep. First Presbyterian Church, First United Methodist Church. A lot of firsts. They're, they're firsts, but there are firsts. And then we've got the 10 at 4th Street and the 10 at 6th Street. By the way, very often, it seems like every year, you're involved with one or more of these churches. We are. It it must be a spectacular sound in there. The sound is usually really good in the churches. Interestingly, last year, First United Methodist had a, they did a renovation. Uh Uh-huh. And they hugely improved the sound in there. So I was in last fall. It was just reopened. Um, I was listening to music last fall in this in the space. So First Night Methodist sounds amazing now. They they redid the floor. They redid the ceiling. They they took out carpet, I think, and just they have this beautiful wood floor. So 
the churches do have great sound. It's not necessarily going to be church music. In fact, no. (laughs) (laughs) It is not necessarily. Sometimes there's that tie-in, but often it's music that is more acoustic, music that is more delicate, more intimate. Yeah. It's a perfect venue to hear that music in. Right. That's why, why we're so glad the churches will work with us to be part of the festival. Now, I noticed that pretty much every year you draw about 12,000 people to this thing. We do, and and it's through all the different activities that we do how those people become involved. Some of the people become involved are volunteers as well. So Uh um, we have about 600 volunteers for the festival. That's a huge number. Wait, wait, wait. What? 600 for one event. 600 volunteers. It's huge. Oh, you're exaggerating. Really not. Really? Really not. Well, you know, you would know because at one time (laughs) you were the director of facility and volunteer services. Yeah, yeah. Before you became the biggest of big shots there. Uh, Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) I I was the volunteer coordinator for 11 years. And so I am deeply, I'm deeply appreciative of and involved with the volunteer contingent. It's a large section of the community. It's also a lot of IU students. who get involved, who either love the music or want to have some experience where they're working towards something larger, which is what Lotus is. Lotus is a gift to the community. It sure is. Now, uh, the first one was 1994, first Lotus Fest. And that's, in fact, when the whole organization started. And believe it or not, you're not even in your new brick-and-mortar headquarters for a year. It's when did you get in there? Well, we moved in three years ago. Three years ago. But then there was a year of fundraising, doing a capital campaign, yeah. so that we could renovate the downstairs space, because it looked like what it had been, which was an old firehouse. Still, on Rogers. On Rogers. Not still, far from the fire center. Right. Not, not far. We have to keep saying it. Not far from the fire center. <laughs> and um, all that area had to be redone, insulated and cleaned up and um, old junk removed, trash removed from the space. Lots so, of work. Lots of work. So the facility has now been open for business since January. And you came aboard as the executive director in May of this year. That is correct. Uh, after all those years of being a volunteer and a board member, and you were the, the head of this and you were the head of that, you even wrote grants. I haven't written grants for Lotus, but I've, you know I was an artist. Yes. Previous, in, in my previous life, I, I made my living as an artist, and so I've written quite a few grants successfully uh-huh. to fund activities that I wanted to do as a dance artist. You have described yourself as a percussive dancer. Mm-hmm. What, what is, is a that? percussive dancer? Someone who makes rhythms with their feet, rhythms with the feet. Would tap dancers be under tap that? Tap dancers are under that. Flamenco is under that. Flamenco. Irish step dancers are ah, under that. The um, noisemakers. And cloggers, like old-time cloggers are included in that, yeah. You also uh, are a dance caller for both square dance and contra dance. I am, and dance calling is the person who prompts the dancers. These are stylized forms of dance where there are figures that compose a dance, and then the caller puts them together and teaches the dance first to the dancers, and then during the dance calls them out. So the caller, the dancers do not have to remember all of the sequence of steps. Huh. The caller calls them out with prompts. So it's an it's an art form. Um, I will be doing it the last half hour of Lotus in the Park. We'll have a band named Steam Machine. Huh. 
playing the, playing music from the stage. And Steam I'll Machine. Steam Machine. I've got it. You've got it. It's a good name. You actually performed as an artist at Lotus Fest about 21 years ago, 1998 Lotus Fest. You were part of Rhythm and Shoes. It was a dance That's group. That's true. Rhythm and Shoes. I performed with that group. Um, we performed at the convention center on one of those platform stages that was completely not ideal to dance on. Uh-oh. <laughs> and so I remember it just Sort going, of not steady or what? Like metallic and bouncy. So not not the best dance surface, but we made it work. It wasn't the first time. We have also performed, I've performed as the Fiddle River String Band at Lotus in the Park about five years ago. And there I had a wooden dance surface supplied by my my group we brought our own stage and about six dancers joined us for that set so you know this whole lotus fest thing from all angles all sides backward and forward i i used to think so (laughs) (laughs) until you became executive director until i became executive director so everything has so many sides to it and you know i'm getting older it's good to still be learning I don't have to go back to school to learn. I can just get a different job and continue learning. By the way, learning. as a dancer, yes, I'll bet your knees are about 100 years old, huh? As a matter of fact, I don't know if it's just because I'm a dancer, but I think it's also because of the other hard labor I have done, gardening and things like that. But a new hip and a new knee are in my future. Oh, my heavens. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. But not... The next two weeks, please, Not in the because next there two are weeks. things going on right, here. Right, nothing's going to break for, for the next two weeks. <laughs> Lotus Fest has to find a place for these groups from other countries to stay at. You have Correct. to, I suppose, pay for meals. Correct. Travel. So, all of that. So, the the performance fee usually uh, includes some amount of travel in the sense yeah. that if they have an, an air, air airline fee, we're not going to pay for a flight. But their fee will somehow reflect some portion of the flight for the for the things they're doing. However, we do have to pay for uh, Go Express or a shuttle service from the airport for many of the artists yeah. who fly in. We do have to put them up in a hotel. Right. We do have to feed them. We wow. Have, we have to shuttle them around town. So we rent some vans to shuttle them around town so there's a lot of different activities we try to supply massages to the the artists no kidding yeah we, we try to do massage that's well, that's, that's like, mighty nice of that's you. mighty nice <laughs> that's a neighborly bloomington <laughs> thing to do so all of those things are are part of the costs of running this festival to treat the artists well i don't know that we pay them as much as we'd like meaning um we could always pay them more but with the f- few dollars we have, we try to give them a good experience when they are here. Are you able to tell us uh, where you get a lot of the money to make this thing go? Well, I'll start by saying that 50% of our costs are covered by ticket sales, but that's only 50%. So the other 50% comes from donors and sponsors. Some people will sponsor a stage Uh or they'll sponsor a particular concert, like the opening concert or the closing concert. Sometimes we get people contributing to the food for artist hospitality. Yeah. That's that's a, a cost there. Um, and then we have lots of individual donors yeah. who give give money as they can because they want to see Lotus thrive in Bloomington. Not just thrive. I mean, I was going to say survive and thrive because right. especially 
Um, the work of this festival is done at the moment by three full-time staff and three part-time staff. Very labor-intensive. And 600 volunteers. Y yes. Now, those volunteers are mostly on site. A couple of them are helping in advance. Yeah. A few of them right. are helping in advance. And so it's a, it's a heck of a lot of work yeah. to get everything organized and running like clockwork on the budget that we have. So we're... For us, it's the donors, the donors, the sponsors, underwriters, people who give money to ensure the success of the festival. IU is a big partner in that. Yeah. Yeah. Not just IU, the large, uh, the overarching entity, but a lot of the s schools within, um, right. the departments within, they contribute to us. It must be an Herculean task. You've been at it since May. You feel good about it? <laughs> Or do you feel like, what the heck did I get myself into? Well, I would say there's probably elements, there's all kinds of answers to that question. <laughs> um, I'm always super excited about the music that's coming. And I'm super excited about the the quality, the way in which it will be presented. Because we have professional sound men who come in, sound people who come in to do the work. We have a backline coordinator who is, really knows his job. We have a person, and his name's John Diener. We have a woman, Crystal Ritter, who is just amazing in the way she leads our venues hmm. committee. There are so many tasks that without those people doing the tasks they already know, I would be going like, oh my goodness, because I have some really trusted volunteers in these slots, mm -hmm. it makes me feel like th this is all going to work. This is going to work out all right. So you're able to shut your eyes at night and occasionally get to sleep. Yes, sometimes. And not yes. chew your fingernails all night long. Right, yeah, yeah. You came aboard, as I say, in May, so it's only been about five months. You've been involved for about 20 years yeah. with Lotus uh, Fest in various ways, shapes, and forms. One of the things uh, that I've heard is that you helped with Lotus Blossoms Outreach. What is What are... Lotus Blossoms. Okay, Lotus Blossoms is our educational outreach where uh -huh. we bring artists into schools. Oh. So Lorraine Martin is actually the coordinator of that program, but my role in that has been to travel the last few years to go with all the artists to all the schools. I know sound just well enough to be dangerous, to put up a, <laughs> to put up a sound system for the artists and then also to introduce the artists. And to me that's been... It's a, ha a, a large job, but it's also such a privilege because unlike the festival where there's so much happening all the time, mm. with Lotus Blossoms, we usually start in March and go through the middle of April, and we'll take an artist for a week, and that artist is taken around to the various schools that have booked that artist. Where are these artists from? They are the same artists who come to the festival. It's just that they're artists who have a particular knack or experience with presenting to younger audiences. Uh -huh. Now, they're still totally able to communicate with adults. We can think of Carter Mimit, who's coming back to the festival this year. They did Lotus Blossoms in a previous year. Um, Are you telling me that uh, the Lotus Foundation, the overall group, has things going on all year long? That's what I'm telling you. There was the annual Lotus Blossoms World Bazaar. Yes. Right? A yodeling workshop. That yes. was something separate. What was that? That was the most amazing workshop. Tell me. That, that was with Adelaide. They're a group of singers, a cappella singers from the Republic of Georgia. Huh. And you go, well, who knew? So anyway, 
they sing in harmony. They sing these really intricate songs, but they also sing in in a, what's it called uh, polyphonic. It's it's dissonance. Polyphony. Yeah, polyphony. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's both a rhythmic sometimes and also not always sweet to the ear. Huh. And then it comes back around. So it's amazing, amazing singing, which has a yodeling component. And of course, when you f- hear someone yodeling, it's pretty attractive, right? <laughs> so we had at the Lotus Base, at our new f- uh, Fire Bay Space, so we'd call it the Lotus Fire Bay, yes. to distinguish it from the Rose Fire Bay. Which is in this structure. Which is in this structure. <laughs> the Waldron Center. Right. But that yodeling workshop was so much fun. I attended it um, it was just fun to learn how to actually modulate your voice, oh. the range of your voice, because that's what yodeling is, going high and low, using your 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 head voice and your chest voice, just switching back and forth very using quickly. Using much of the body rather than just <laughs> uh, your throat. Yeah, using more of your bo- your 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 singing ability than you know. Yeah. Um, and then seeing how a phrase fits together in this yodeling style. So that's what it was. We'd never done something like that before. It was so much fun. Our space is going to give us the opportunity to do more of that in the future. I also see that you had uh, the Thai Ensemble. Sinasan, yes. Amazing. So so I'm glad you mentioned Sinasan because Sinasan yeah. came to us because we had, uh, so we have a position during the festival called Lotus Liaison. Yeah. And that's often occupied by a grad student this year, we have Shelley Chin doing it. Several years ago, we had Kurt Baer doing it, and he is a grad student at IU. He's doing his studies in Thailand. He met this group. Huh. He wanted to bring them over. He wrote a grant for his department, and we helped. The overall funding helped to bring them here um, just by having spaces for them to perform. So. And Sinisan, where did they perform? They performed at schools, but they at also schools. performed at the Far Center. Yes, which the, is not far from the not far from Lotus. Lotus Fire uh-huh. Bay. And so that performance was really beautiful. Yeah. I, I took that group around during the week they were here. And again and again, fine, fine costumes, variety of costumes for the dancers, great musicianship uh, by the musicians. To me, it was... a a bird's eye view into what Sudamani might be. Mm. Because this group was, Sinisana was not as many people, but still a fairly large ensemble. So I think this will be a similar, Sudamani will be a similar experience, just even more theater. Now, we all know, or we should know, that Lotus was a guy. Yes. A fellow named Quentin Dickey. So, so when people ask about the name for Lotus, uh-huh. I, since I was there from the beginning, especially in terms of naming it, the first event was a world music festival. It was didn't have a name yet because it, we didn't know it was going to happen again, right? Uh-huh. Lotus is also a flower that's world known as a flower, a symbol of peace yes. and, and grows in many regions. and Even here. Even in Bloomington, even in Indiana. And so for us, naming Lotus was really this combination of the symbolism of a lotus flower combined with the symbolism of a local traditional musician, because Lotus grew up in Paoli in Orange County. Mm -hmm. He's an old-time fiddler. Mm -hmm. I knew him. You did? I knew him. He even played for my dance group, Rhythm and Shoes. No kidding. No kidding. He was a musician for a couple of, of 
performances we did. Well, why him? I think it was because he embodied what is the local tradition of this area. In southern Indiana, if you were going to look for what kind of music might have been a traditional kind of music, people play the fiddle, people play the banjo. That's what people do in this community, in the rural communities around Bloomington. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was the heritage of the people that settled here. So I think that's why he was such a wonderful man, very inspiring, like great heart, yeah, great musician, both of traditional material, but also wrote his own music, wrote many of his own songs. So it, it was this combination how he represented the best of a traditional style, and he was ours, meaning he belonged to Southern Indiana, <laughs> you know? So I think, and I think it was like, and he has the name Lotus, and we like the symbolism of Lotus already. What a perfect marriage. So I think sometimes... It fell into your laps. It fell into our laps. And and it is good to clarify for those who don't know who think it was just named for Lotus, Dickie, that we say for us the the flower and the man and the, the dual appropriateness of that naming came together. It wasn't one versus the other. It was the serendipity of both coming together that... Don't you love it when things turn out like that? I love it. And I, I love the name Lotus. I think it's such a beautiful name for us. You're from Paraguay. I was born in Paraguay, South America. How long were you in that country? So I was the last of there. I had five older siblings that were born there. So I was the You're last. You're the baby. Well, there were two babies after me, but oh. that was after we moved to the States. Ah. I was in a large family. I was in a commune. I mean, I was born into a commune. So Really? Yeah. So that's a whole nother story, not for today. <laughs> but... So how old were you when you came? Three and a half. Three and a half, so you don't really have memories I have of a few, living there. I have a few memories, oh, actually. You do? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're kind of like still shots of places we went. Yeah. Um, some of them are beautiful, like sitting with my dad on a horse, pulling an orange from a tree. <laughs> like, it's just there. One of them is crossing on a little bridge and seeing a, one of those small crop planes fly overhead. Huh. It's weird. And, and another one is eating sugar cane. That was our candy down there, sugar cane. Is it sweet? Why, yes. It is? It well, is Well, I, I wondered. Maybe maybe you have to refine it to make it sweet. No, 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 no. It's sweet. You've seen the world. Oh, little parts of it. Little parts, little parts of, of it. Little parts of it, yeah. You've seen Bloomington, Indiana, yeah. the home of Lotus Fest. And again, let me remind people, we've got Tamara Lowenthal, the executive director of the Lotus Education and Arts Foundation. Uh, she's going to be going full tilt. For the next couple of weeks, because on September 26th, a Thursday through Sunday, September 29th, Lotus Fest. 26 of these. And when it was first done, who knew? I think that's it. Who knew? And it's really, it. then I think it's a big testimony to this community that they want to see this kind of world music presented here. Mm-hmm. Because if there weren't that will... People coming to attend it, people coming to volunteer, people supporting it financially, it wouldn't still exist. La, 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 We've run out of time, so join us Monday for Big Talk Extra during the 5 p.m. Daily Local News for more of this conversation. The new executive director, this is your first Lotus Fest, Tamara Lowenthal. Thanks for being on Big Talk. Thank you for having me, Michael. Michael.